Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Well, we made our list and we're checking it twice. Heck with Santa Claus. <laughs> we want to help you pick your favorite tech gift to at least put on the list for Santa and to include with the cookies and milk by the fireplace ready for him to hopefully swoop down. Seriously, we're going to help you today on the Internet Advisor find a tech gift for the person who enjoys those digital kind of things. Coming up on the Internet Advisor. Hello and welcome to the Internet Advisor. Foster Brown, co-host and producer of the program here with my posse. And uh, we're, we've got tents. Where, we've got where are you leading us? Yeah, where are you leading us today? This is, uh, this is wonderful. This is Lights. Yeah, my You'd goodness. You'd almost think it was the holiday season or something. <laughs> and that's how we're treating this show. We are, this is our preparation for the big day coming up. What we thought we'd do today, Gary and Ed and Cal, is to put our heads together to see what we could suggest to folks um, from our personal points of view and uh, just in kind of in general, what some neat things would be to share for gifts. For the, now, we didn't put any price tags on some of these things. I was, <laughs> I was looking just kind of generally at uh, gifts out there. and You could spend all, if you had a whole lot of money, you could spend a whole lot of it yeah. on the You know what? Okay. My gift list, I have such low expectations that I think <laughs> all of mine are under 50 or 100 bucks. So. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I, you know, and to be honest with you, just in terms of our family giving, uh, Ginny and I haven't given gifts to one another in years and years. <laughs> the kids and then the grandchildren took them all. Uh, a fair warning to you, by the way, for those of you who have got grandchildren on the horizon at some point in your lives. They will absorb a good deal of that uh, cash that was out there. But in any case, uh, you could spend a whole lot of money on some things that are out there. But we put a, a list that's got quite a, quite, a, quite a wide range, I would guess, you know, in terms of price. Well, they're mostly technical in, yep. in nature and for that geek that you love in your family. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that I think is just an obvious choice are Bluetooth headsets for this year, right? With the new iPhone, not having a headset jack. Um, plus, I've been using headsets in the car for a number of years now because I just don't want to be holding the phone up to my ear yeah. when I'm talking, right? And, 
and I think everybody should do that because while you still have to pay attention to the road and you still can yeah. be distracted by yeah. a phone call, by a phone call different than somebody sitting next to you, you know, in, in the seat next to you, um, I, you know, it makes a lot more sense. And when we talk price, you can get them really cheaply. You can get them well, a lot more expensive. Hmm. Yeah, but remember, when it comes to those Bluetooth headsets, you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah. And it's worth it to pay a few extra bucks to get something about mid-range because it, they just seem to work better. And remember, the rumor is out. Are you ready for this? Not just your iPhone 7 people need these Bluetooth headsets, but those who are thinking about getting a Galaxy 8 mm-hmm. oh, might want to get that I, as well because the rumor is out that, hey, are you ready for this? Oh, I think they're going to take care, take take away the head, the headphone jack. Well, and it makes sense, right? I yeah. I don't like the wires back to the headphones, yeah. and, and and now the Bluetooth headsets are getting so much better. The fidelity is pretty decent, right? Noise um, canceling capability usually right. with the handsets, yeah. and the headphone jack usually caused problems. You know, well, you know, where some pro, um, uh, third party applications would plug in through the headphone jack. Right, because it was a oh, four yeah. connector, right. you know, like the square for swiping visas and yep. MasterCards. Yep. Um, but I've also known people that have had difficulty because they had a headphone jack and they never used it. And dust bunnies collect in there. Mm-hmm. I've actually had oh. people whose iPhones refuse to charge. And, no, and I'm like, I don't understand why this isn't charging. And then I'm like, I, I do a little internet surfing and I'm like, you know, someone made a, a stray comment about check the headphone jack. And I'm like, and I'll be damned if I didn't. You know, go in there and and take a little uh, hook and pull out the largest dust bunny I've ever seen fit in a headphone jack, <laughs> and the the unit started charging again. Yeah. It's like a build up. Of, it's like a build up of earwax. I'm just ironically. Lo- I'm really <laughs> looking forward to hearing the outrage and the outcry from the uh, Android community. Oh about, yeah. yeah, why did they take away the headphone jack? What am I gonna do? No, that was they're the gonna say thing that's, ever done. they're gonna say that's so innovative. That was so great of Samsung <laughs> to do that. Why aren't other vendors doing that? But not, <laughs> but not brave. <laughs> <laughs> Right, do you, now, Cal, you wear a, a, a Bluetooth most of the time that you've uh, been in the studio with us right now. God, well, I love it. Well, which uh, which brand is it? Are you ready for this one? Pi- Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they but they work, right? It, it I, works. It I use, works. I use a Motorola, and uh, my my next one will be either a Motorola or a Samsung. Because every once in a while, you you know you can upgrade and get a little better noise cancellation as ed mentioned yeah yeah whatever happened to jawbone because they were one of the everyone was walking around with the jawbone about three to five years ago yeah that's i true. i had one at and one time and i actually yeah, love plantronics yeah. i was gonna yeah plantronics is the other one i was thinking of is um there was one that i saw with this year we did a program called wearables and i forget the name of the device that they had but it was a it cost like about 300 bucks but these little gems both it fit in both ears, mm-hmm. and um, they were. Uh, I think I forget how they were controlled. I'll have, I'll have to look that up. But um, through the app, I believe. I think I, there yes. was a, a phone app. And, that well, came well I think it. there was also uh, you could you could answer phone. I think you can answer yeah. calls through that as well. So the um, the other thing that uh, that's coming out, and they're starting to drop to just barely over a hundred, uh, and that is like a pin that you would put on your shirt that um, no. that you can talk to it you can speak to it just like you would if you were speaking <laughs> into a you Star know. Trek communicator on your uh, <laughs> yeah. uniform. Exactly. That's exactly what, and that's which how, was and, on my gift list. I had a, <laughs> I found on on one of the websites um, that we're going to reveal um, ThinkGeek and ThinkGeek.com that has unusual 
gifts for your mm-hmm. geek friends, you know, just weird stuff. And one of them was Star Trek um, hoodies and jerseys that with zip-ups. And I'm like, I got to get one of those. <laughs> you know? By the way, what Ed's saying is important. that We are going to be posting on our homepage uh, a list of some of these websites. First of all, we'll be posting our suggestions uh, for your perusal and links to the sites that we talk about. But in addition to that, we're also got, Ed gave us a whole list of other things that we'll post as well so that you can go out there and then look for yourself and find something for the geek on your list. And we'll tell you also what not to buy. Oh, yes. Next segment. Next segment. We'll talk about that as well. We've all got some suggestions. Each one of us have come up with some and also the uh, do not buy. Welcome, it's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Cal Carson in studio for you. And uh, this is, if you will, kind of a pre-Christmas, pre-holiday, because we know that there are other people who are celebrating other holidays, um, celebration, and gift-giving is abounding. People are out there looking for things for their loved ones, and... um, we maybe some of the people they don't love too much we're going to come up with some things not to give and some people might decide to choose from that list in any case we are going to make this a resource program for you and we put together some things that uh, the four of us saw and thought hmm that would be really nice to get or like Gary was uh, starting off by talking about some of the Bluetooth headsets out there. Ed, you chimed in with the uh, uh, Sky up the. Uh, well, I was thinking Star Trek. Yeah, thinkgeek.com, and they had uh, the Star Trek, both the original Star Trek from the 70s and the Next Generation, which is the ones I prefer, was Jean Luc Picard. And oh, uh, yeah. they were basically just zip up, you know, juice, uh, jerseys without the hoodie. Oh, I got to get one. Make it so. <laughs> you know, yeah. when, when right. we're um, when we're talking about headsets, uh, we've used Bluetooth um, speakers, and that's oh, yes. worked out really well. I use it in my car all the time. When we go to my mom's uh, to visit her, we take the wireless Bluetooth speaker and we use the phone to sh- you know to do a FaceTime or sp- or Skype with my daughter out in LA and with other family members so that and then we hold the speaker up close to where <laughs> she can hear it cuz otherwise she it. can't hear it coming out of the phone when it's back so that we can all see I love it. it. Of course, so you can always a great idea. Now, you what, can always take that little Bluetooth speaker and drop it down into the horn of the Victrola and it'll come out that <laughs> way. Yeah, we could, could do something like that. Now, too. what brand did you end up getting for those? Because there's the pill one, which is, I think, Beats. Yep, and, and that's what I have. You do? Yeah. Do so you and like it? I, I love it and I want it. I would never spend that much money because there's so much, uh, the, the, even the cheaper ones are um, are really good today. Yeah, they are. Uh, and but that's, I, I want I, it at a... At a I can't tech rem- event. So. I can't remember and the brand nuts. name of the one I have, but we have used it forever because the make, the make of car we have right. was an old. It's a 2001 model. Didn't have a lot of the electronics on right. it. But what we do is when we're tra- like uh, this week, we travel down to Tecumseh to visit my sister, and it's like an hour and a half down, an hour and a half back in blizzards, and uh, so I put a book on tape on, mm-hmm. and I have the book on tape on my. Uh, we don't we don't call it that anymore. They're oh, audible, that's right. audible books. Audible, yeah, audible. I audiobooks. Through I use it. Audible. That's right. It's audiobooks. I put it on down by uh, my cell phone, download it on there, and then by Bluetooth, I play it in the car, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. You can hear it really nicely, 
And it's a great way with an older vehicle yeah. of stepping into the high tech age. Well, and they're rechargeable. So, you know, Logitech. Oh, absolutely. Logitech, yep. if you want a higher end, you can get a Bose or you yep. can get JBL. You can get a Sony, which is on sale all over the place uh, on, on the Black Friday deals. Um, and yeah, that's definitely, and I'm glad we're not, uh, um, uh, you know, live. Otherwise, my wife would know this is one of the things I'm really considering getting her. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed you circled it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I went to, by the way, to um, um, Micro Center mm-hmm. to get the, that one for us, and and that's a resource that I know you like, Ed, as well. Oh, yeah, they're candy stores for oh, Cal and I. Yeah. <laughs> micro, micro Center for me is the same thing as a World War II Navy guy coming off the boat with a 24-hour pass and a handful of money in front of a dance <laughs> I, I cannot go into that store and come out with nothing. I mean, yeah. you've got to come out with something, and there's something for Everyone. Well, they have a large Apple section, large PC, mm-hmm. lots of accessories and supplies for Everything all your computer needs, printers, gaming, you, yeah. but they also have a robotic section now. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh and, and the price ranges are great, right? Yes, you can get some are. really high end, but you can get some really decent deals. And then the, the deadliest part of it is when, you're, when you've got your item in your hand and you're on the way to checkout. They have those best oh, yeah, compulsion no, they, they lined up that rack <laughs> of gidgets and gasmos. What do they call the, the compulsion uh, racks? Compulsion racks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> On the way out, they're wild. Now, um, let's see. I, so I noticed I, in here, Gary, that you had something about uh, well, so stem. No, is it? No, 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 no let no, me. No, that was it. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, why don't you tell us, Gary? Yeah. Why don't I tell you? <laughs> so you know, we we talked about cutting the cord. Yes. Right. So getting away from. Cable TV, and even when you have cable TV, you can use Xfinity to go. Um, but you could start to see an awful lot of television or television shows, even sports, on your mobile device. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with that is that's a personal device, and maybe you can share it with another person, and they're small. But what if, and they're starting to get better and better, and what I did was I sent you a link to the ICOTUS. Um, which is a very small mobile projector. It's like 150 bucks, something like that. Um, 30,000 hours worth of viewing time. Projected on the wall. Projected on any that smooth is a, surface. I, you know, I had never Why thought not, of, You're right. And for a very low cost. And you can, if instead of you know, your television doing this, go ahead and buy it for home use. I right? love it. You, love you can it. get your money back in less than four months. Yeah, you can stream, right. you turn your streaming into the, by the way, speaking of cord cutting, Cal, I know that this is something that we're going to, matter of fact, pursue you and I uh, next week, I hope. Yes, hopefully uh, we can. When we're abandoned by these two rascals we're taking off. Well, we just figure you'll hold down the court. <laughs> but something I saw was a $10, it was it was labeled as a $10 cord cutting tool. And CNET, which is a great source, uh, CNET.com, uh, Rick Breuder you know, t- uh, writes for them as the cheapskate. Um, and it, what it is is a um, an indoor antenna. It's it's the... Um, Channel Master the, makes it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you simply... It's a flat plane antenna that you just attach to you your window. You literally tape it onto your window. You don't even tape it. You can set it in the oh, window. Oh, you can just set it in the window, yeah. but... You can put it thing, anywhere. Is yeah, it made by can. Ronco? <laughs> <laughs> you, you would think so because of the price, but it works great. And and the oh, idea... Wow. Yeah, is I've it? used Leaf. I've used the Leaf one. But right. there's all... There, you don't have to go. Area, you don't have to go to the high end fifty dollar nope, one anymore, nope, nope. <laughs> which is amazing that that's high end. But I mean, but, yeah, Ben uh, Ben Carpenter, a friend for, who's a farmer down in the uh, uh, Adrian area, I think uh, uses it uh, to bring in 
Toledo, he can bring in Toledo, Jackson, Ann Arbor, and a whole bunch of other great television stations. And you will find as well that there are off channels. Yes. Uh, well, the digital PBS, channels. The digital channels. Well, right. you'll, you'll have like PBS, and you have PBS 1, PBS 2, PBS yeah. 3. It's like sideband. Yeah, they're all digital. Yeah. yeah well, and that's the same the key. thing for Channel 2 is Channel 2 1, Channel 2 2, Channel 2 3, Channel right. 2 4, Channel 4, Channel 4 1, Channel 4. Lots and, of viewing. And I, I know somebody that uh, is here in Detroit that can pick up like 65 channels. Yeah. There's. Yep, yep, in, yep. In my location, I can pull 43. Wow. Clean. Yeah, nice. But, but I really, you know, I'm going, and that's using the, the $10 type antenna. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't I, have to spend much. But if I spent money and, and went up on the roof, I think I could probably pull in about 60 Yeah. And I'm going to do that. Well, and this guy lives in a, uh, like, third floor or something downtown, and so he's up a little bit, but there's other buildings in the way, but he pulls in, he says, like, 60 channels. You know, and that's a good, because I've been dreading going up on top of my house and pulling down that aerial antenna with the motorized radio shack. Oh, no, leave that rascal up there, man. And what I could do is I could just rerun some new wires to it. Basically. It works. Yeah, it oh, works. That's true. I have one that doesn't even rotate. Not on this house, but on my other house, I have one that didn't even rotate. But if you hook up to it, it just sucks them right in. And, and that's the, the thing. The, the HD channels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no kidding. Oh, uh, let me tell you. It's I can just get, an I can, antenna. I can go you one time cheaper. I took a four foot piece of coax. <laughs> Put a, uh, a a twist in on it that would fit in the back of the television. Screwed it in, and I was easily picking up thirty channels, no problem. With just the cable, just a hunk of wire. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't take much. No, that's something to keep in mind, folks. I, how you connect streaming to that is, uh, you know, into that process. That's a different story. Th- and that is that's that's probably the last bridge. Oh, because I noticed last week, by the way, you had mentioned that Netflix was on Xfinity. Correct. I had. I had not grokked that, so I, I went to it. There it was. Not only Netflix, Pandora, and then you can also get the major uh, networks like CBS, NBC, ABC, all part of what's connected to Comcast is giving them a run for the money. We're going to continue our examination of what you should buy. I have to say that the guys here in studio with me all look rather fashionable in their elf outfits. Uh, Since yes. this is radio, we can imagine that, right? <laughs> it's the no, pointy you're... ears that don't fit under the headphones that's starting <laughs> to bother me. It's the tights that really bother me. Uh, that's what uh, I and thought, the pointy you know. shoes. Yep. But it's the gold lame tights that look well on you, by the way. But I really like the part where the shoes on the front curl up and the little bell rings on it. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> there was something going on downtown Royal Oak today. There were all sorts of Santas and elves and, I mean, people who probably... If somebody took a picture of them and put it on Facebook, would be in hiding for the next two years. <laughs> well, it is Royal Oak. You can expect a little bit of weirdness all the time. Oh, wait a minute now. Well, that ought to wake up the email now. <laughs> what we're trying to do, folks, by the way, is to give you some help picking out your next uh, gift for the techie on your on your list. And, Ed, one of the things you suggested was kind of interesting. We haven't talked about this particular category, which are home uh, devices. And you were suggesting one. Well, I was suggesting the um, like um, a thermostatic control system, specifically Nest. But there are several different manufacturers. I think uh, Reliant makes one. And uh, most of the furnace companies brand a version of a thermostat that actually is Wi-Fi capable, that's programmable, that you can access through an app. 
on your phone, but a lot of this ties into your existing home appliances too. Like Kelly, now you've made a, um, a, a, a limited or started making investments into a number of home wireless well, yeah, features, I, I, you know, I, lighting I, and such. I've got the Nest, which uh, you know runs my my heating and cooling, and it also ties in with the uh, Nest. Um, uh, smoke detector and CO2 filter. I thought you were wow. saying nest egg, and I'm like, why are you bringing <laughs> retirement in here? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that He's be so nice? He's so ready to go. Can, oh. hey, I, hey, can you get Alexa to control some of that? Yes. Uh, I think, oh, I think yes. she does control some of those things, but yes. I, I'm not familiar with her operation as of yet. See, so, now that's uh, another Does anybody have the, uh, the Echo or I, the Echo Dot either? No, I don't, but people are buying them. I certainly is... Uh, Something that is. I, I was talking to a friend of mine who just loves it, and I said, yep. "So, what can you do with it?" He goes, "I." I so, what he uses it for? <laughs> it doesn't talk is, back to me. <laughs> yeah, what he uses it for, and and it's worth it to me to do this, which is he says if you know if you happen to be um, have your television the input on say Netflix or on a, a CD drive or something like that, um, his wife can just say Alexa. Turn on CNN, and she can get right back to TV without having to call him and say, "How do you get back to the you know which oh, no, that's which old. remote control can I do I have to use to get back to the real TV again?" And I need one for Windows Ten. Yeah, when my wife asks questions, I can say, "Alexa, how do you handle Windows that 10. in Windows 10? Yeah. Is Gary subtly saying that he's tech support for the Mrs. and he wants to get rid of that idea? Oh, Ooh. don't don't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? And don't we? You know, all? You know what I? T- that's true. Too, too sadly. Yeah. I was with my wife, and I says, honey, just look it up on, on Google or Bing. And she goes, what do I have you for? She goes, you're my Google. Yeah, what do oh, I have you for? Yeah, I, I got that precious. Yeah, that was oh, precious. This. I'm, I'm going to get a T-shirt printed up like that. But the other thing, if we're talking I'm about these Google. home. <laughs> I love it with an arrow. <laughs> yeah. I put and an arrow pointing have, up. Here's my tech. He's little, my tech support. A little you know? bling, you know, with the little Christmas lights. <laughs> um, one of, if you're going with all these home appliances, especially the lights. Now, Philips makes lights that are also Wi-Fi capable mm-hmm. with multiple oh, yeah. colors and stuff, yeah. what you're probably going to want to consider is upgrading your wireless router as well. If you have a oh, three- or four-year-old yes. wireless router, you might want to think about upgrading it because a lot of the older ones only really support at a, really 15 devices, 16 devices at a most, even though they, they theoretically should be able to do 250. But they weren't devices. built for this boom, IoT. Exactly. The so, Internet of Things boom. So how uh-huh. do you get around that, Ed? What would you do? Well, shop around, but uh, I went to... Um, and, and looked at the reviews. You could spend $400 for a wireless router, or you could yeah. spend $80, $120. I spent $49, and I got a TP-Link last generation. So, yeah. um, and, and it rated just as well as some of the $120 units yeah. as well. So yeah. you really got to go to like Consumer Reports, uh, CNET reviews, and I really and I went to Micro Center and picked one up. So you may need a new router with a lot of these goodies that we're talking about. Well, and, and then to keep in mind that your slowest device yes. is what everything is going to run at. Exactly. Right. So, so if you put a thermostat on that runs at, say, 802.11b, one of the older protocols, everything's going to run And the new happens, routers split that. Yeah. What happens if you have a dual band router? Can so, you put it on one band and then have all the good the, stuff that, on the other t- band? Talk to Ed. He knows. Uh, that's what I was going to do, Cal. Yep. So you brought up a good point. So most of these are configurable and they have multiple bands. You could, Mine has three different bands. I have guest. I have, yep. and then I have, um, you know, uh, you two, know, two, two dot five, yeah, you know, and then five I, megahertz. Yeah, right, 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 two dot four, and and then yeah. I put the five gigahertz ones, and 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 I tell the kids, 
All the PCs, 5 gigahertz. Everything else, like your phones and everything else, attach it to the 2 gigahertz. No, folks, I'm not very creative. I just give them names 2 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz, you know? Keep in mind that we are going to be posting um, the sites that we've been talking about, the lists of sites that we would encourage you to go to, and uh, we will uh, let you know more. As we're, as we're referring to them, don't have to run to t- scribble anything down. Um, now, now, there's one thing that we really have to do, and that is remind people to, to listen at the next hour because there's some things that you need to pay attention to when you buy, like in, in, in the case that we're going to talk about, Sony cameras, eight, um, 80 back doors Ooh. were found in the Sony cameras, Ouch. security cameras. Back doors, by the way, folks, are bad because that's where the bad guys get in. Get in and can use Ooh, those wee. then. Oh, oh, so they were security vulnerabilities that were discovered in these yeah. devices. Yeah. 80. What? Yeah. On, oh, really? Back doors, back doors. Back doors. But can oh, you close matrix. those back doors once you and, buy the device? And you can, and that's what you got to do is pay attention so that you can put on. And what they are basically is default passwords, and nobody changes the password. So if you change the password, oh. right? But if you don't, which hardly anybody does, we have to remind people. We're going to do that again next hour. But that, <laughs> pay attention when you buy any kind of device that you can, um, that you do have a uh, access to a password, um, and that you change that default. Well, password. and that, that's a good point for all these smart TVs as well. Yep. You know, so yes. if you got a, if you have a Sony or a Vizio or Samsung TVs, a lot of those have the ability to be configured over the web as well. And when we talked about, you know, headsets, how many people have you know zero 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 or one 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 whatever their the default password is, and they're usually one of those one or the other. Oh, you're talking about pairing, yes. Um, and you could pair a different device. Uh, to somebody's phone. So if you had um, that password, you could be able to, to pair it to the to a different device and be able to use that device. So you just got to be careful, got to pay attention to the security mm-hmm. apparatus that is there and make sure that it has one. So some of the older cameras and maybe even some of the newer devices don't have the security built-in that they need to for the Internet of Things. Going forward from kind of this year on they will be. But. So to wrap this information up in plain language as opposed to what Gary just told you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe say that a no, little really, better than I did. Really, it, comes, <laughs> it comes down to this, and I just pull, pull Gary's leg when I say that. On Christmas Day, we're all excited. We break it out of the bag. We throw the instructions to the side, and we turn it on, and we play with it. Don't do that. Take the time out to actually set the device up properly. Yeah, good point. Very and then good that point. way you very, won't very have very that sort point. of situation. Because I, I can tell you, I'm, I'm with the rest of them. Wow, look at this. Let's get it going. Yeah, but all... you really have to stop and put it together yeah. properly and have your security. There must place. be Grinches well, out we, there, electronic Grinches. They're saying, get ready. Here it comes. An <laughs> avalanche of goodies. <laughs> and we're going to talk about avalanche uh, next next segment too. <laughs> but but it's really true, Cal. And we all did it, right? We oh. and to some extent still do. We just Cal, have to be careful. Oh, go ahead. Ed. Well, I go was ahead. going to say, do you want to mention a couple of those websites that we go shopping? Yes, at? Yes, I was going to say. Uh, we'll why don't you to mention it. there's a there are some great sites to go shopping at in general. And Cal, you, well, you put together. Well, yeah, believe it or not, I'm, I'm going to just kind of loop around a little bit, and I was going to suggest that a lot of people consider looking at the refurbished website for Apple products. And the reason why I say that is because when you buy stuff from that refurbished website, you get it at a lower price. The products are refurbished, which means, you know, they either ran short stock on it or 
they went back. Someone brought it back. They, they make sure it looks good, and they put in a brown wrapper instead of a white wrapper. They give you the exact same warranty that they give for brand new. Ooh. You get it at a lower price, and generally speaking, the amount of money that you save on the lower price is enough to pay for Apple Care, mm-hmm. so you can oh, fully yes. warranty it that way. So I do a lot of my shopping that way. Well, and how do you afford all the new gadgets today? You got to get rid of your old ones. Where do we do it? Where do you do it? I normally go to Mac to sell to get a price for them. Mm-hmm. And that's MacToSell.com. That'll give me a price for those old Macs, and then I can sell them that way. Or if it's an iPhone, uh, as Gary might mentioned before, I go to a place like Gazelle. Gazelle. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful And that, that would be the place they, to shop right now. Is that Iserman's girlfriend or fiancé? <laughs> or Gazelle's website? Is that Jezebel or Gazelle? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I always get the two confused. Could be Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. But again, don't worry about taking some of these names down. They may be flying by fast. We will post them on our homepage so that you can easily take a look at them and decide uh, which one to use. Again, try it. There's a whole bunch of them that we'll be posting out there. Coming back in just a minute, Mr. Mike Brennan is coming in with MI Tech News, and he's got some tips, too, for about uh, mall crawling safely when you're looking for those new gifts. Welcome. It's the Internet Advisor, and it's time for us to get some headlines from Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. And that is something that uh, is distributed weekly and that has all sorts of news sources for people who are interested in technology and entrepreneurship in the state of Michigan. And Mike, welcome to our program. Good to have you aboard. Hello. Yes. Hello, Michael. How you doing? Mike, uh, can you hear us? Can you hear us, Mike? Well, what he would have said was <laughs> he prints all the news fit to print, right? Yeah, that's it. I'm uh, going to put it on news, hold here, and I'll come back to it. Or from an IT standpoint, it'd be all the news that's bit to print. Oh, very cute, Cal. <laughs> very cute. <laughs> oh, I'm shot. Where else could I have so much fun for so little money? <laughs> <laughs> one of the things, that one of the headlines that Mike had in there, and we'll, I'm sure, catch up with him, is uh, to, some things to watch out for when you're out in the malls. One of the things the article says is, again, is that malls should just name their public Wi-Fi networks danger because it's the same thing. Why do you think that's true? I mean... Well, well it's the man in the middle thing, isn't it? That's yeah. one of the big facts. Yeah, yeah, it's people using Wi-Fi inappropriate. I shouldn't say inappropriately, but not with security in mind. You have to, you have to keep, you have to keep in mind all the time that you know when you get ready to use Wi-Fi, yeah. where you're using it at, and what you're using it for. If you're using it for just browsing the internet, oh, you're in a mall, and you, oh, let me check and compare prices on from two different websites on this product I'm standing in front of. Fine, great, groovy. But uh, don't log on to your uh, online banking and say, gee, do I have enough money in my account to be able to buy this product? Because by the time you log off, it may be drained. Mike, we're talking about, uh, Mike Brenner's with us here from uh, the editor of MI Tech News. We're talking about one of the headlines you had there, which was that malls should just name their public Wi-Fi networks danger because it's the same thing. pretty much. It's, uh, there's so many uh, bad people out there that know that's like a target of op- target rich environment, as they say in the military. Everybody's going to be. I was. I just caught the last part of what Ed was saying. But everybody logs in. They're going to do their shopping with their phones, etc. 
And uh, there's a lot of these man-in-the-middle attacks. I mean, the, the yep. article that came out of CNET was about this kid that set, the, set up this Wi-Fi network in the mall and had these egregious terms, like he, they could do anything they wanted to with your information, and people agreed and signed up for it. Oh, so, wow. I mean, it's just... Uh, you got to be really careful because so, the bad guys are getting really good at what they do, and even the guys aren't that sophisticated or sophisticated enough to hack your your you know your phone yep. in a Wi-Fi network in a public environment. That's why I don't use public Wi-Fi. I have my own mm. Verizon account yep. for my own Wi-Fi, and that's what I use. Right, exactly. And you saw you would use like an Xfinity uh, connection. Well, or it's a separate ATT? little device. It's like a tiny little device that has its own uh, has its own phone number oh, and everything. Oh, 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 uh, and then I just tap my own network, and I know it's a secure line. Ed, that's I, one of the ones where uh, both of you used to carry them around, didn't you? You're talking you? about a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right, a Wi-Fi hotspot. I and know. then the other thing, way you can do it is that if you're in a mall, don't use the Wi-Fi at all. Use your data off your cell phone, so turn your Wi-Fi off and yes. just use the LTE data, and you're more secure that way. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm always amazed when I go into coffee shops and see all these people working in there. Because uh, you just got to believe at least one person in there is, is, is a bad guy or a bad girl or whatever. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's just not a good idea to use public Wi-Fi, period. I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. Now, the other thing you were talking about, one of the other articles I saw is that our credit cards in particular are open to hacking. Yeah, the the study came out and showed that uh, that there's something called the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standards, and, and this uh, group uh, took a survey of the top websites, uh, the top 50 or so of these retailers, and and more than 50 percent of them don't comply with those standards. Now that doesn't mean they're all vulnerable, but it, geez, it opens up a hell of a heck of a door of opportunity there, where uh, that this this information could get hacked by the bad guys. You know, they got these various skimmers they're putting in there, yep. and, and that's how, that's how. well, actually, I think that was the Target one that went down. They had some that was skimmers the, uh, that, yeah, they were skimming all that data. There's just so many sophisticated ways they could do that, and, well, and so, but, but that's what the credit card industry wants, is they want to make sure that everyone, that, that, that when someone is taking a credit card, that they're doing it securely, and it turns out in the survey that more than half of these big holiday retailers aren't. Ouch. Oh, Gary, last year you were, you were noting that it wasn't necessarily Target that had, had they had their security, but it was somebody else, a third party. A third party uh, was to there, Target. Uh, heating got, and cooling, I think, Yeah, that like got hacked and got into their system, and it wasn't through the, uh, the PCI DSS uh, system at all, uh, but it was... Um, so how, how do you party. guys, is there so, a way of, of using well, your credit? So all the big companies get fined considerable amounts of money if they're not compliant. So they're compliant with PCI. I think what um, what they're finding is a lot of the smaller companies aren't, and they need to be. So will the uh, chip and pin or the new credit cards, which is just chip and... It's not chip and pin. Chip and sign. Chip and sign. Yep. Chip and pins over in Europe, which is what we really should That's adapt what we should to. Have had. Yep. That's what we should have had. But yeah. so, um, will that help eliminate a lot of the skimming? Because yeah, it absolutely will. Because it's a one-use token system. So anybody uses a, a a chip on their credit card, and actually they put it in, slide it in from the bottom. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and uh, that is a one-token system. Uh, it's used one time only, and then you don't use it again. And Cal, those are I, secure. I've used Apple Pay that way. Apple Pay, where is I secure. just take my my iPhone 
And uh, I, I tap it literally at a restaurant. Near field communications, yeah. How do you fit it into that slot? <laughs> you, oh, oh, never mind. You peel it and then you fold wide. it. It's kind of wide. It's kind of wide, yeah, exactly. Hey, I, one of the other articles I saw on here, This is, we're talking with uh, Mike Brennan, by the way, the editor of MI Tech News, as then we got our technology straight here. Uh, one of the other articles I saw was that Alphabet, the old Google, right? Uh, well, yep. uh, well, it's the holding company for Google, right? Okay. Yes. Uh, their project wing has received, was it part 107 waiver to allow drone operators to fly up to 20 drones at once? Yeah, Google continues. I, I still think this is a long ways off. Google still is high on the idea of being able to deliver products via drones. <laughs> So just we there's know. a lot of issues there. I mean, we could go, uh, we could spend an hour going through them. But uh, the, this particular operation got permission for one to operate twenty. But there's a lot of restrictions. They can't be above two hundred feet. They can't be out of line of sight. How are you going to deliver packages uh, beyond line of sight? How far is that? It can't be very far, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, our our government's putting those restrictions on, but other governments aren't. And we know that Domino's uh, in New Zealand is delivering pizza via drones. Right. And in South Africa, right. they just delivered a couple pints of blood. You know. That's right. Oh, so, that is critical. So they're, all over the wow. world, they're doing it except here because of our regulations. Wow, that is really interesting. So, well, somebody else will be innovative, and we'll follow on when our Government gets a clue. Now, by the way, Mike, I know that this is just the tip of the iceberg because you present much more than just the written information about stories, but you also have video, many other things. How do people get hold of MI Tech News and get a subscription? www.mitechnews.com. Uh, we have several sign-up mechanisms there. You guys have it on your website. Lots yep. of different ways to do it. Uh, we're Automation Alley is announcing finally next week that we're rolling out that video program with oh, them. Great. Uh, so we're, we're really excited. We have all sorts of great stuff going into the new year. All right. Well, next week, let's you and I talk about that uh, new video program that you've got going with Automation Alley. All right? Sounds great. Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News. Folks, hang in there. We're going to be back with you in just a little bit with our number two of the special pre-holiday edition of the Internet Advisor. we got some very special guests coming into studio, and we're also going to help you uh, with some news items that have come out that are very interesting. That's the Internet Advisor, hour number two, coming up. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Hello and welcome to the Internet Advisor. My name is Foster Brown, co-host and producer of the program. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to what is for us our second hour and now our live time on WJR. So good to be back with the folks on the Great Voice of the Great Lakes. We got some, just I think you're going to find some really interesting people who have tackled the whole tech question with Troy Tech Talks. 
Welcome to the Internet Advisor. By the way, uh, just to help you folks to kind of catch up to where we are in the program here, uh, we're doing a pre-Christmas, uh, pre-holiday, I should say, because there are many other holidays there. We're gift-giving. And um, on our homepage, internetadvisor.net, a little later on uh, today, we're going to be posting uh, some sites, some resources for you to go to to uh, make some uh, decisions on or get to see what some of the choices are out there for the techno, the well, the goodies for uh, the gifts for your technologically in, uh, not unchallenged people. <laughs> <laughs> but we have some things to, to kind of, uh, some news items that are important to talk about. And uh, Ed, let's start with you very kind of quickly, talking about a warning about some routers that are out there, some Netgear routers. Yes, yeah, some new Netgear routers that are released. They've been out for a little bit. Um, Netgear, basically, uh, there's an R7000 and an R6400 series of Netgear routers. There was a vulnerability uh, found in them, which mm-hmm. means that uh, if someone on a website or an advertisement uh, um, created a malicious URL, yep. that they could potentially go into your router mm-hmm. and then modify it so that anything that passes through your router is now susceptible, if you will. Okay. Um, but you know, something like this happened a few years ago with Linksys, a, a Cisco company, and uh, basically the, these websites, which are s- scattered throughout all over the place, and it was hit or miss whether or not people actually stumbled across them. We're waiting for Netgear to actually release a firmware update. Most of the wireless routers are already configured um, to uh, automatically notify you of firmware updates, but it wouldn't hurt for you to re- refer to your user manual. And, okay. and see if if your model is um, if there's a firmware update. Okay, and this is Netgear routers in particular. Netgear, yep, the seven thousand and sixty four hundred series. One of the things that we uh, have said on on occasion, Cal, uh, that's very important is that when you get that new piece of equipment, it might be a, a goodie that you get at Christmas time and or on the holidays, and you're just you got to open it. You got to start using it. Oh Don't. yeah, yeah. You just you, you know you Fight all the excited urge. and you just want to <laughs> just want to go ahead and do that. Uh, stop. Slow down for a second. Take a breath. <laughs> relish the moment, and then open up the manual and find out how to uh, properly set up the security for it. And if the manual is too confusing, you can always go to the website and look at that. There's usually YouTube videos YouTube on videos how to do yeah. those sort of things. Secure it. Secure, Secure it your devices. Yeah. yeah. And if you do that early right on, you don't have to worry about, oh, gee, six months later, did I do that? No. So you do it when you take it out the box, set it up properly, and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And we were talking, and this can go for your not only your wireless router, but your new uh, smart TV. You know, oh, yes. You yes. go through the manual, set it up. Most of them, you can enable passwords on them. And Gary, you mentioned uh, that there was a difficulty in particular with a camera. Well, cameras and uh, and a lot of the, um, so Sony in particular, but there's been other brands as well, uh, in their commercial brand of camera, they wanted to make it really easy to set up. So they hard-coded <gasps> the um, default password. So those are known as backdoors. Yeah, they're backdoors. Two backdoors in about 80 different models of cameras that oh, are yeah, out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those got to be pulled off the or changed the firmware upgrade to all of those right. cameras. Uh, and, uh, and it's really um, important because of all the bad guys out there that can use these and compromise them. Uh, in all sorts of ways to uh, to take down sites used for distributed um, mm. denial of service attacks and, you, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, and that's a good point because we used to think that you needed PCs or Macs to be compromised to to become bots on the internet to form these denial of service attacks 
on 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 specific websites you know depending on the master's you know beck and call all these slaves slaved computers would then start attacking mm-hmm. websites it's just not computers anymore you can use thermostats you can use tvs yes. you can use cameras anything that connects can be reprogrammed to send out bogus qu- uh, queries to websites and bring them down because they're just overloaded by all these inquiries but i so can that, bet, go ahead that, I, I can bet you one way to guarantee people will secure those cameras if you tell them that, hey, they can log into them and watch you. <laughs> and they can and, and do. And, and, and who knows what's going to happen to the images that are taken. Uh, exactly. Okay. So, you know, you definitely want to make sure that cameras and those sort of things are secure. Well, one, so now the good thing is have you noticed that there's less um, people trying to attack you in all sorts of insidious ways in the last week? It's you been should a have, lot lighter. You I should noticed. have noticed yeah, because yeah. a little over a week ago, an international group um, that had been tracking this um, criminal organization for the past four years did a takedown. They called it Project Avalanche, uh, and they took down five people. Four, they had over 500,000 different um, wow. servers wow. that had been compromised. Five, a half million? A half a million. Oh. 830,000 domains uh, were compromised and being rented out yeah. to other cyber criminals. And so that's taken down. Um, now, if uh, you're unsure if they've hit your computer, there are some places to go on the internet Go to Avalanche Takedown. There's some links you can go to. Okay, they'll, we'll post there'll those. Be a, there'll be a sco- there'll be a way to scope your computer to see if you have any of that malware. Um, hopefully, it won't ever be used again because the bad guys are now in jail and they're being extradited. Hopefully, it's good to have some to the US, good news, but, isn't it? Finally, after all the times right. that yeah, well, you know, if you remember, or taken down sites. If you remember, how many years ago was it where they took down the the spam guy that was here in Michigan? Yeah. Oh, that's and right. and then you and noticed like. Helped. And for a while, you know, I was like, uh, my spam in my email just almost stopped overnight. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, for now a while. Now it's back. <laughs> yeah, somebody hey, else stepped hopefully in. Hopefully you'll see, you know, a reduction here in the next few weeks till somebody else steps in. Oh, but it's so good. we got to continue to be vigilant. It's good news we want to pass on, yep. and uh, we will post something for you so you can check out your computer as well. Well, coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk with uh, two ladies who are involved in a wonderful site called the Troy Tech Talks. And we're going to talk to them with... Trisha Albury and Colleen Geyer. You know, with all the technology that is coming on board uh, in our schools, I think parents sometimes can feel a bit lost um, in in the process. And I know um, in the uh, Royal Oak uh, system that my grandchildren, many of my grandchildren have been part of, there were some things that have been brought on board. And I often was wondering, you know, is there anybody going to help kind of translate this technology to the parents or, or be there to answer their questions when it gets to be a little too much or you're not quite sure what's going on. And uh, the the city of Troy you, uh, has has taken certain a march ahead in that, and we're delighted to have with us in our studios for uh, Troy Tech Talks, Trisha Albury and Colleen Geyer. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And a busy time of year. Guys, you know what? We need to, somebody to press that. It's done. Okay, it's don't, done. Oh, we got, we got it. Okay. We're good. Now you can yep. say hello again. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having us. We're delighted. And this was not something that the Troy school system put together. You guys took the ball and ran with it, eh? So how did that, I mean, what was the impetus to get started? Yeah, it's a great question, Gary. Um, 
we, Trisha and I have been friends for a while, and um, about three school years ago, our district decided to start implementing one-to-one iPads for our kids. Mm. And so we sat down and started having a conversation about what does this mean? What are they going to do with them? What's the security going to look like? Are our kids going to be safe? And it really started as a conversation between friends. Um, and it quickly evolved from there into an idea of how to solve the problem. If we were wondering, probably many other parents, yes, to your yes, point, were wondering yeah. as well, right? And so from there, we took it to the superintendent, and um, he was really supportive of us starting some of these Troy Tech Talks. And maybe, Trisha, you can take it from there. And sure. Yeah, tell us what this is. Sure. Well, it's really a, a chance for parents in the district to get an understanding of what's being used in the schools. Our our students are very well versed in technology, much more than we are as parents sometimes these days. And so it was really born out of the need for us to better understand what our children were using in the schools and how we could best help them utilize it. So it really kind of started from there. So Colleen, you and I have worked together before. Yes. Um, And you're you're an HR expert. Um, One would say. When we started to talk, you know, it was okay. You're going to help us staff up uh, a company called Gale, part of Cengage Learning. Right. It was in the learning segment, but mm-hmm. we were building products, electronic products for um, K through 12 and university and whatnot as part of Gale. You then be- went over and started helping Detroit Venture Partners right. with a whole lot of really cool startups. So you started to get really techy. Maybe. <laughs> and I try. And I saw this week you were writing code. I wrote code, Gary. I How proud that. are you of I me? I am <laughs> so proud. I, you know, so you know, here this is this is great for anybody listening out there because you know, you didn't start out as a techie and you, you are one now. I, I wouldn't even crossed, say that, but you, just you know, I just the, learned. Cross the bridge. Absolutely. And it's just, it's like Trisha said, it's about constant learning. Our kids are smarter than we are. Yep. And that's frightening sometimes. And when it comes to technology and now in our school district, every third through eighth grader in our district has an iPad. Yeah. Wow. And so knowing what they're doing with them and how, you know, we as parents can try to stay one step ahead. I mean, is as much technical exposure as I have had throughout my career, I still feel like I don't know enough. Well, so you joined Pillar Technology just recently. Very recently. and uh, Which is wonderful. You know the, how much I like those yes, guys. Right. Uh, it's a great and organization. We, and we both worked with them mm-hmm. uh, back at Gale. But Tricia, are you technical? I mean, did you? how did you get involved and why did you think you were qualified? And, and do other parents have to be a code writer like Colleen now. (laughs) Absolutely not. In fact, that is why we started these tech talks is because I don't consider myself technical at all. I actually also have a background in human resources. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And uh, really, because we felt so behind the ball sometimes, we needed a place to go to better understand it, ask questions, get experts in. We've always said that we are doing these programs for our community because we need it as much as they do. Um, So it very much grew out of that. And also having the language to be able to speak to our students as well. So that way they think at least we know more than we actually do. So by parents, for parents, 
to keep up with the kids. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, I find it really kind of surprising. I mean, you guys look like you're probably from Generation X or, or something about That's that That's very time. kind. <laughs> very young mothers. Yeah. We're going to post you know, We're going to post a photo of them on our site. You'll see that they that Cal's pretty right. <laughs> you know, so I automatically would assume that most of the parents that would have kids in school now would have been exposed to technology long enough that it becomes commonplace, but evidently that's not true. Correct. And I think what technology our children are using, I actually have a high schooler, which still blows my mind, but um, <laughs> <You're> mine too. <laughs> they're constantly finding the new, the greatest, the next best thing as far as apps goes, as far as um, different technology. And so they're finding it. They've got the time. They've got the interest to pursue it and really understand it where we're juggling a lot of things as parents. So we're needing to combine our resources, if you will, and share information because there's just way too much out there for one one parent to really understand. So how do you get the parents to put, you know, the brakes on long enough to take 10 minutes to really learn what the technology is doing with the children that they have? It's a great question. I think that we're fortunate we have a great district of parents, a great involved community that want, there's a desire to learn. So first and foremost, I think the parents have to be self-involved and want to figure out what it is that the kids are doing, what types of technologies they're using and learning in school. I mean, the, the, the technology that my son is using in his eighth grade humanities class is mind-blowing. And I would have never thought that technology would be a part of a humanities class, but it is. And so I think there's um, a responsibility on the parents to take an interest in what's going on in the school and learn more about it, just like we sit down and help them with their math homework, just like we sit down and help them study for that science test. This is another part of learning now. It's different today than it was when we were going through school and what our kids did with us. Well, you know, when kids, they're they're used to being confused. So when they see a new technology... <laughs> I thought it was the parents you know, that but, are used to being confused. No, so, you know, so they just work their way through it, Correct. right? Really quickly, because they're used to doing that. They and figure they it out. figure it out. Parents, we were confused. We're not so confused anymore. We don't want to be confused again. We don't want to have to learn this new stuff. How do you make it easy for the parents to... I mean, you, you got to talk parent to parent, right? It, for sure. This is in parentese. Right. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the speakers that we have are great for that because they understand the perspective of where the parents are coming from. So some of the topics that we've done over the years have been things like, you know, cyberbullying, social media. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you don't have to be a coder to figure that out. You do not. Right? You no. just have to be aware. You of just have to be aware. And a lot, of, a lot of it comes back to just working with your kids and parenting, actively parenting them on a day-to-day -day basis. But the speakers that we have and the topics that we get into are not super technical. It's just understanding what technology is out there, how kids are using it, and what we as parents can do to make sure that they learn safely and well. One of our speakers had a great analogy one time. He said, our kids turn 16 and we don't toss them the keys to the car with no learning, no training, no practice, no nothing, and tell them to go drive a brand new car. Right. We sit with them, right. we teach them, we train them, and we have to do that with technology too to make sure that they're safe and that they know how to use it in a responsible way. And we have to... It's sometimes it's very, very scary to teach them how to drive. Um, yeah, I've seen you with a mouse in your hand, Gary. It, it's sometimes <laughs> scary to see what they can do with the computer, too, but you got to work through it, right? right? Right. Right. Everything is so accessible these days to our kids, and uh, it's just really a matter of understanding what types of precautions you need to set up as a parent. Um, like Colleen said, parenting hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Just what we need to be aware of in the new 
technology and the new avenues. By the way, if uh, you folks out there have a have a question for about this. Uh, uh, the Troy Tech talks and uh, the, the things that are going on here, maybe from your perspective with your school district, uh, your concern as a parent or as a grandparent or a family member, you can call us and uh, feel free to join the conversation at 1-800-859-0957. Again, that's 1-800-859-0957. The call's on us. We'd love to have you join the conversation as well. And we're talking with Tricia Albury and Colleen Geyer, who are the co-founders, uh, concerned parents who got involved and have created Troy Tech Talks designed to help the school system. We're going to talk about some neat things like STEM toys coming up, and you can find out exactly what that's all about. But please continue to join us here on the Internet Advisor. We're live on WJR. The number again, one 800 Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the co-host of the program, along with Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Cal Carson. And uh, we've got a, a delightful couple of ladies in the studio with us today, Trisha Albury and Colleen Geyer, who are the co-founders of Troy Tech Talks. If you'd like to join the conversation, conversation by the way, maybe you're a, a, a parent and, and you'd like to start something like this in, in a school district, in your school district, or uh, suggest it to somebody in, uh, let's say, one of your relative school districts. Give us a call at 1-800-859-0957. You can kind of call and find out how they made this happen in the Troy District and uh, get some tips for that. We'll also uh, allow them to uh, give you a contact that you can get in touch with them after the show and follow up with that as well. Our number again, 1-800-859-0957. Ladies, one of the things that, uh, if I see if I boil this down correctly, this wasn't a school district initiative. This was a parent initiative that the school district looked at and said, you know, that's a good idea. Sure, yes. We we came to the district. Um, The superintendent is very, very supportive. They've provided us a space uh, to hold the Tech Talks. They provide us with technology to run the Tech Talks. Yeah, I was going to ask you, who who put the webpage together? Was that, that you? That's our director of technology in Excellent. the Troy School Systems, Chris Young, who's amazing, uh, has really worked with us to make sure that we get the information out to our parents. I love that because you don't have to be, Gary, or guys, all things to all people in that sense. You don't have to be a web designer. You don't have to be, because the school districts do have, most often, I think probably most of them, uh, big or small, have... That kind Somebody of technology that can help. Yeah, that can create right. a website so people, uh, parents can get in touch. A question I have for you to play off something that Gary had talked about before the break, and that is, uh, do you um, interact with the parents in such a way to uh, help the kids understand ramifications of things like um, bomb threats and how bad they could be oh. if they do them over the Internet and that sort of thing? Uh, how to handle things like inappropriate websites, pornography and that sort of thing? How do you handle mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's a great question. Our district has um, security set up, uh, so all of the iPads go through the district security, so when kids get on them, they are safe. Um, But separate and apart from that, we bring in speakers that talk. When we first started this conversation, like Tricia said, we did it as a way to stay a step ahead of our kids, to learn a little bit more, to be able to keep them safe. And we quickly realized a lot of these topics of conversation were appropriate for our kids. So we started inviting Uh parents to bring their kids to Tech Talks, too. So we've had the Oakland County prosecutor come out 
um, a handful of times. She's been fabulous. Jessica Cooper is great. We also have Jean McLeod from Oakland County Schools has been a regular for us. And the topics that they talk about are things like what happens if you behave poorly on the internet? What happens if you post something that you shouldn't post or if you respond to something? And it's a way not only for parents to understand our responsibility in it, because there is a, a portion of that that is parent responsibility, but it, it also helps the kids understand that this is something that you really have to think twice about before you Absolutely. do and what you're going to post out there. Somebody, you know, it's yeah. it's interesting because while the iPads that they have go through the school system, that keeps Correct. them safe. They all have other technology. Absolutely. And that is really where they could get into some serious trouble. Yeah, sure. w- one of the things that I really am impressed with is that the, the content that you present is not... Um, just print. You you put mm-hmm. it in a, what I think probably is the most consumable form, and that's a video. Right. We often talk about YouTube. Yeah. You folks are using vi- the Vimeo uh, videos to present a lot of this, like uh, there were topics on things like, oh, I, sexting and uh, some of the other things that are out there in terms of, you know, in- inappropriate behaviors of monitoring and filtering software apps. Um, Before You Google was the title of one of the things that's out there. And... Uh, Cyberbullying and sexting, I think I mentioned that. And that was the Oakland County prosecutor who was there. And I, you know something? I have to say this. My hat's off to them. Um, they do take it seriously. Absolutely. I, I knew of, uh, of somebody who was victimized, um, a, a child in, in Oakland County. And uh, folks, if you have this happening in, in, in Oakland County, go to the police Report it because it will be dealt with seriously. Yes. Somebody uh, posting a, a, a video of somebody uh, inappropriately behaving inappropriately, they post it. Very often the kids don't even know that it's been posted. Right. That's illegal. Absolutely. So, and, the, and the prosecutor came and spoke to the kids about that, and their eyes were wide open. Oh, you mean I can get in trouble for that? Yeah, knucklehead. Right. Well, because a lot of times they don't think about consequence. No. They don't think about that. The last Lu- thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Luckily, our Troy School District does a very mm-hmm. good job educating them about uh, digital citizenship. So we've been very pleased as parents about the education Boy, my God, that I they're utilizing that. as well. You know, when my son was in junior high, he's now a freshman in college, but when he was in junior high, um, he was getting in trouble by from me because of stuff that his friends would post on his site, right? Mm-hmm. And his Facebook site. And he would talk to the, his friends, and it that wasn't terrible, but it was stuff that he was going to get in trouble for me about, right? It's not He wasn't going to get in trouble by the authorities. He finally, I said, look, one more time, and, and this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a problem for you, Justin. And he took down his site. He said, I can't control my friends. I'm just not allowing them to post on my site. I'm not going to have a site anymore. Mm-hmm. And he took down, him. he didn't have a Facebook site for a long time. He now has one again, right? Because now he he has friends that are more respectful and will post on it properly. But it was amazing um, that kids figure that out. And it was much better not to have one than to be in trouble over it. Ed and Cal, I'm just kind of interesting. Did you, uh, you kind of, you must have homeschooled the kids in some ways in terms of teaching them like a code of conduct or behavior on the, uh, when they go online? Well, I, I took a, a cue from Gary and basically don't do anything on your computer that you wouldn't do with your grandma in the same room. And yep. and I thought that was the simplest and best advice, <laughs> simplest advice I, I, yeah, I could have given. If, you're, if there's ever a question, think about your grandma looking over your shoulder, right? right. And I was, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that it's not easy to be a kid. 
uh, these days. Right. I'm very exactly. glad we didn't have the outreach <laughs> you're, you're that absolute. we did when I was growing up yep. because of the mistakes that can be made. Mm-hmm. Kids are bound to make mistakes. There's a higher cost to the mistakes Exactly. Now. They're more long-term, it's more permanent, and the consequences are greater. You're not just painting graffiti on the side of the barn. <laughs> right, where just a few people see it. It yeah. can really explode and go yeah. viral. And it's even more difficult nowadays, for example, uh, like if you've got a daughter and she's using the internet, and let's say it's Breast Care, breast care aware, aware Week or for Breast Cancer Awareness Week, and she wants to do some research on it. Well, that's going to be a difficult research because we all know you're going to get two different types of information Absolutely. if you put breast in. Right. So, you know, being able to educate kids to, to understand that, and, and I'm sure that's what part of your initiative is, is really, really vital so that they can be able to manipulate themselves through the internet through those types of Was that the subject before you Google? Because that looks at the kind of thing you need to teach about. (laughs) Actually, that was a really interesting one. That was run by our media specialists um, that were talking about the credibility. So in some ways it was talking about that, but the credibility of your research online. And Uh, don't just Google it. Find some credible resources. (laughs) But that's a very good point. I think that um, one of the things we talked about was filters that parents can put on their computer systems. And I'm sure you all in this program talk about that a lot and ways to filter that information and keep our kids from seeing things they shouldn't. It was so funny. Now, this is a while ago because my daughter is now out of college for a while. But she came to me and she said, Dad, do you know that? I mean, and she was stuttering and stammering. And she said, whitehouse.com you should see about and we're going (laughs) and now we have to sit down and explain (laughs) Explain. it's dot gov is the one you want to go to and anybody can get a website and any in domain if it's available and they can put any material up that they want to put up and it's up to us to figure it out and she said i'll never go to dot com again i said okay (laughs) trisha what you're saying is there's a lot more at stake nowadays absolutely and you were talking about it before there are people out there that do not have good intentions and so it's our responsibility as parents to teach our kids that just like going to the park and not talking to strangers there we're needing to bring that into the home and into the technology this began as a as like if you will a, a a parent initiative, Colleen, uh, that the school board recognized and then and jumped on board with. I'm curious, have you had other parent groups come to you and say, how did you do that and how can you help me get my school district to help? It's a great question. Um, I have had one or two people reach out via social media and ask a little bit of questions about it, but not a ton, to be honest. Okay, so how do people get in touch with you to find out what did you do, how can you get them to take you seriously, and then pitch into the degree that they have where they've helped you create a, a, a web presence, et cetera. Sure. Uh, I believe you're posting the link to our Troy Tech Talks page on we your will website. Do it, right? So you can reach out to Tricia and I there. Our emails are linked in that introductory paragraph that pe- people will see there. But also, even just really starting there is a great place. Um, we have this whole website that the district kind of gave us space for right and you mentioned you saw the videos out there we're doing mm-hmm. those we didn't we never we didn't start videoing our tech talks right. we just started having them and then we realized gosh it would be great to have this information Absolutely. archived yeah. so we talked to the district about it and again in the spirit of helping us you know be better at what we're doing they gave us access to more resources and you know the iPad and the you know tripod and everything to do that um, and we engaged the help of a very capable 14 
13-year-old, my oldest son, and he has he has been, shout out to Nolan, he has been our, um, our recorder for the last several it. of those, and he's really been, it's been great. And again, he knows the technology so, so well, right? So he comes in and, and he helps us out with that, I and then we're it. able to record it. So if there are parents out there in other districts that are looking to start something like this, I would say start on that page and start looking at the information we have and, and the ones that we do And if you there. want to call in, by the way, we'll have them here for a few more minutes. And uh, you can call us at 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0, uh, pardon me, 859-0957. And we'll put you in touch with the ladies who are in studio with us and you can ask your questions. But in the meantime, uh, Troy Tech Talks are on the online and we will make sure that you can make a connection. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. Uh, if you've just joined us live here, um, we're wrapping up our conversation with uh, Tricia Albury and Colleen Geyer, who are parents and co-founders of Troy Tech Talks. Uh, they're a parent movement, if you will, to um, deal with the concerns that parents have about how to handle all of the technology that's there in our, the fact that our kids, I think you guys have said it, are kind of a step ahead of us and, and cases of some of us, two or three steps ahead of us in terms of technology. But there's a very serious consequence of that, that sometimes they're, they're walking right off the plank. Uh, and we as loving parents and, and guardians want to make sure that they can cope with that technology, use it properly and make sure that they aren't hurt in the process. And they can be, uh, especially in the tender age in, in, in grade school and in uh, high school. And you want to make sure that they're learning good habits in that. Uh, by the way, the Internet Advisor, our program, is a two-hour podcast. You're only hearing the second hour of it right now. But if you go to internetadvisor.net, uh, starting on Sunday night, late Monday, for sure, you will have a full website with all of the information that we're talking about here and uh, links to plenty of things, both in this hour to the Troy Tech Talks and to some of the things we're going to talk about in just a moment. We, we mentioned, Gary, you brought up the subject before, um, and I wanted, I'm wanted i dying to hear what the, the suggestions are that you folks have. STEM toys. First of all, what are you talking about with that, Gary? Yeah, so what's STEM and they looked at each other and said, <laughs> "All right, I can help, but <laughs> science, technology, engineering, and math." That's right. There yes, and uh, and so we have for it must be eighteen of our nineteen years here on the air have been talking about. No, it's been all nineteen because yep. that first year we had uh, a little uh, young wo- oh, a young right. girl that came in, and we started talking about <laughs> five girl, years old at the five time. Five years old at the time, yeah. And uh, uh, we started talking about. He's talking about his daughter Lauren, who came in, had her own website, as a matter of fact. Yeah, uh, that she had had a little audio on. That's uh, right, but yeah. uh, but so we've been talking about how to help get girls into technology. Um, you know, what do you? How do you do it? How do you keep kids? Because I I think in elementary school they're just just as interested as the boys <clears throat> are, and even somewhat mm-hmm. into junior high. But but somehow they lose interest somewhere along the line. We want to get you know both boys and girls involved in STEM and technology yep. because we just are not going to have enough workers. I mean, you guys in HR, you know it. You're dealing with it all the time. We don't have enough workers today. We're going to have even fewer coming up in another generation. What are we doing to get our kids interested and staying interested and in And having technology? fun with it, too. Really, seriously. Like the, right. And we, when we talk yeah. about toys, it's not a facetious thing. That's where you learn mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. play. For sure. And I think, you know, again, I'll 
take us back to the conversation I had earlier. You know, we're fortunate we have great teachers in the Troy School District, and they interject that technology into the classroom. So they're learning how to code in a humanities class. They are, oh, really? you know, looking. I at, love that. I mean, it's great. There's just, the teachers that we have are so creative and so inventive, and they look at ways to bring that in for the students to foster that creativity. Um, but some of the like the Sphero is one um, product that one of my kids has used in their in their classroom, and he absolutely loves it. And it's it's a way for kids to learn how to code mm-hmm. uh, in a very gamified way. It teaches them, but it's fun. They enjoy it, and it, I think it really kind of gets the the mind going and wondering, gee, what else could I do with this, right? So um, you know, there are a great number of toys out there. Some cool i mean not expensive but cool little robots that kids can build and then tear them apart and build something else out of the same kind of uh, uh out of same kind of parts you guys have a favorite well i recently just got this for my nephew uh who is three um, <laughs> okay and so it, we'll, let's start him young that's yeah, good <laughs> absolutely and i think that's the key is that to our children or to that next generation Technology isn't a special thing anymore. It's just integrated into really their daily life. Mm-hmm. And I think That's they true. see it yeah. a lot differently than we do, where it's just a part of what they've always known. But I recently got it's the Fisher Price Think and Learn Caterpillar. And it's <laughs> I love it's, it. it's a caterpillar <laughs> that you take apart. And he's three, but it's coding. And so you can put it into different um, arrangements. Arrangements, different um, coordinations that then will tell it to go right, left, oh, go in a circle, kidding. back up, oh, and it's very user friendly. But for a three year for old, a three year old, and he's learning how to code. Amazing. I'll be done. What? I'm gonna step back for a second. What is coding? That to, our, to our ace, week, right? ace coder. Yeah, I think Gary's probably the most qualified person in the room to answer <laughs> that question. But for me, when I did sit down and learn how to code this week, I think it's just a very different way of thinking. It's a it's thinking in a different language. And so if you've ever taken a foreign language yeah. and you start to think in Spanish or you think in French, you think differently. And coding gets you mm-hmm. to think differently. It's a way to just teach yep. you a different way to express your thoughts. And it's very creative because it's you have to creative. solve a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to do something. You have to lead somebody else through that process. You have to design the the basically the product, now a software product, to help them do Isn't what they want to do. Right. There's an also an, an international hour of coding, wasn't it? Uh, that's been, I believe, you know, I'll have to look. <laughs> no, I, yes. I've been getting but emails. But there's all on sorts it. of... Um, there's hackathons. There's all sorts of ways yes, to get yes. people involved. From young kids, not as young as three, although this is cool because now it, it is, is as young really as three. Right. Um, but, but even in junior high and high school, they go through some hackathons. I know that Colleen helped us when we were at Gale. We had some hackathons. Mm-hmm. We People would say, oh, they're not going to come back on, on a Saturday morning. They worked all week. You're not paying them. Why would any of your employees show up? <laughs> we had a full house. Right. We almost had to turn people away. We right. got extra chairs, right? People wanted to learn. It's interesting. It's creative. It's, it's problem solving. It's yeah. fun, right? And and they get to start with nothing and make something. And at the, you know, at the end of it, they can see their fruits of their labor. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Colleen and Tricia, it's, it's the holiday period. And if you had a wish that Santa could bring to you for your, your organization to be able to be better at doing what you want to do, and we've got a lot of technology companies that listen and might even want to sponsor you on some efforts, what would you like to get? Wow, that's a, that's a very thoughtful question. I don't know. Tricia, do you have any ideas? 
Uh, Other well, than just more people out right. there. Is it more volunteers? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think a 27 inch iMac? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think what I would wish for is that parents be involved because we can only do so much in our own household, but our kids are going to be exposed outside of our to home other kids, to yeah. other kids who whose parents may not be as involved or may not have the time to understand the technology and the dangers that can come mm. about. So I think, I mean, if I had to wish the pie in the sky, it would be that parents stay involved yep. um, so their kids learn how to use the technology yep. appropriately. What about you, Kelly? Actually, I have to say that's probably the best answer because the only way that we can affect change in what we've been trying to do is to have more people hear the message. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we've had great attendance at our tech talks, but we always say, gosh, we wish 10 more people would have come or gosh, Mm -hmm. we wish 20 more people would have come. There's only so many people in the school curriculum, the teachers, and they volunteer. They they, they give so much of themselves already. And what they need is they're looking for passionate parents to become involved. We're not talking about the PTA, but we sort of are. Someone Mm -hmm. that can actually, that's what they need is volunteerism to to help. Okay, how can I help you? Right. You know, whether or not it's arts, whether or not science, technology, engineering and math, music. Mm-hmm. That's what the band, anything. Yep. And we've had great parents say, gosh, I'm an expert in this. You know, have you thought about that? Or, you know, we've had parents yep. that have presented or we've done the presenting in, yep. at times. But I think to Trisha's point, just getting a bigger audience to hear the message that we want to deliver would be the greatest thing ever. You know, we, we probably can help with that. You think? Yeah, you that would know, be awesome. You know, they, uh, I, I think this parts, is a great start. <laughs> we reach parts of five states. They might right. not even be in Michigan. They might That's be all right. This, so. And That's the pod, good. by the way, there's a podcast that you'll be able to on Monday. If you go to internetadvisor.net, you can hear this entire hour. And uh, go to go the back, links. Go to the links that we're going to post. Speaking of those links, why don't you give us the link to uh, the Troy Tech Talks uh, site right now? Sure. It's just on the Troy School District website. So it's www.troy.k12.mi.us. Love okay. those. And then you go to the departments yep. and then technology and you'll see the page for the Troy Tech Talks. Now, you don't have to worry about keeping all that down. Right. We will make that make link easy. available for you. Yep. Now, Foster, something that you have brought up a lot is about volunteering for senior citizens, going to the library and stuff. We have so many people that have retired. And they're just looking for things to volunteer. I, I mean, and, and, and they miss that portion of their life that they'd spend. I mean, this is a perfect That's a whole program. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. They'd be wonderful to get grandmas and grandpas involved. I'm, I'm one of those that loves to be uh, supporting the school system in any, any, any way I can as a grandpa and as no, a great grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's a wonderful grandpa. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was exactly that was exactly it. Thank you so much for being with us on the program, and the very best to you in this new year as you continue on with all of your efforts. Thank you to Trisha Albury and to Colleen Geyer and all you've done with Troy Tech Talks, and hats off to the Troy School District as well for the way they've responded to it. It's good. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being with us. Thank you for joining us here on the Internet Advisor. And Eric Dorsch, thank you very much for being our man behind the glass. Have a good week. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.